everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Talking Ticks. I'm your host, Scott Gerard. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. May have another light one for you this week. Um, got some big base... Uh, we got some big football news. We might probably get out of the way first, uh, dealing with a former Tiger player. Uh, we also have, well, well it, was, it was kind of a light week in basketball. They didn't do too well. That's, that's pretty much the end of that one. But uh, LSU baseball had uh, a big week. I wouldn't say they bounced back because they had a pretty good opening weekend, but uh, they, they came off of that with a tear this week going 4-0. We'll get into that as well. And anything else that pops up, but before we do... Want to check in with uh, you guys, the co-hosts, see how things are going. So how goes it? Going pretty good. You know, just uh, another day in the life. Yeah. Excited about baseball. I think that's that's really the bright spot right now. The only thing right? I've been looking, look, looking forward to. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, uh, other than that, can't really complain. Yeah, doing well. Baseball scored a lot of runs which we'll discuss in a minute on some kind of lesser opponents, including a uh, in-state rival UL. So that was fun to watch basketball drop the ball this week. They had some, some tough shows. Good one. And then uh, overall did well. I um, had a little nice meeting with some LSU offensive football assistants, which we'll talk oh, about like in a, a minute. Private meeting. Yeah. Just a one-on-one one-on-one me and coach O in a private room. <laughs> no, not quite that good, but uh, that, that was pretty cool, but excited to talk with y'all today. Yeah. I can't wait to hear uh, how that went. Uh, but uh, speaking of LSU football, I want to get out of the way first. And I know you guys have seen it. Um, Eric Gilbert is now back in the transfer portal. Uh, lo and behold. And I don't know, this saga just does not want to go away. Uh, I, I don't know if, if people keep tossing, you know, something, something mental issues around there. I, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, you could say that, but you know, you've seen plenty of players come and go. Gunnar Keel came here. Then he went to Notre Dame before he ended up at Cincinnati. Um, didn't even put a LSU uniform on. I don't even think he showed up to campus, uh, before he moved on. So, I mean, he turned out just fine. You know, there's been plenty of other players that have moved around. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. He's just not comfortable or not happy, or he got to Florida and he realized, oh my God, what was I thinking? Uh, to whereas you know LSU might have been maybe not the team he thought he was signing on for. Who knows? I haven't heard a decision or I haven't heard an explanation yet. But uh, he's back in the transfer portal, which I, I don't know. I don't know if it begs the question. You know, should LSU take him back if he wanted to come back and say, hey guys, sorry. Uh, turns out you guys would probably were a good, good, good spot for me, but I don't know. I'll just, I'll just start with you, Tommy, on what do you make of all this? Cause I mean, it's, you'd think you just knew the transfer reporter was going to create some issues somewhere. And Nick Saban kind of talked about how it's just too easy for guys to transfer, but I, I just imagine you would, you know, want to spend some time where you're transferring to before you transfer back out. But I just I don't know. What do you think's going on here? <laughs> I mean, this is just a straight up circus, like a clown show. I don't I don't get it. Um, you know, people people like you said, people leave all the time. They leave for different reasons. They're not comfortable. They don't like the spot they're in. The offense, you know, you see that a lot. Where, uh, like we saw with Marcel Brooks here, he was recruited to by Dave Aranda, and then. The Dave Miranda leaves, the defense changes. He doesn't really feel like he has a spot. I don't blame somebody for leaving like that. I think the same thing uh, could be said for Apu Aika. You know, he's a prototypical nose guard. And after uh, after the 2019 season, it looked like he didn't really have a – there was no position for him. And it would have been very hard for him in the, the body type he's in and all that, the, the way he's played his whole career, to make the transition to being – a, I guess, you know, a a four, three D tackle or whatever. So I I don't, I generally, I don't think I have a huge problem with the the transfer portal, but this is where it gets out of hand. And this is where I think that the NCAA or the sec or somebody needs to step in because now I think something that I have not had confirmed and Daniel, you might know is whether he actually ever really transferred to Florida. Yeah. That's what I was going to mention. Like, cause we're, pretty much halfway into the semester now. So you would think as a student athlete, he couldn't have just been like hanging out somewhere oh, for yeah, the past true. like seven weeks. He would have had to have been he would have had to be, Well, he, he never stepped on campus. I don't think. Yeah. So you would think like, I don't know if he's in 
it was never clear whether he was like enrolled at Florida. I don't think or he was. whether he was in Gainesville or any of that that I've seen. But or Who if knows he, where he, is. he was just out there somewhere in the ether. <laughs> he's, just, he's just existing. <laughs> he's just standing yeah. in the in the portal, and that's about it. <laughs> no, that's where he was. He was enrolled in the portal. What you don't understand is when you when you enter the transfer portal, it's it's another dimension that you just go to <laughs> until you actually enroll. <laughs> it's like purgatory because because I mean, mm-hmm. did he like show up on florida's campus like have a meeting with dan mullen and then just not like what he heard and pretty much do a 180 and walk out or <laughs> like what what kind of went on that'll probably never become clear but some of the rumors are yeah that he was having some kind of mental health stuff which i hope is not the case but i don't really know what uh, is going on there and then now there's questions about his eligibility since he's kind of doing if it was officially processed. Then doing, he burned. He burned his one chance. Yeah, he's doing like two transfers in one year. So now a lot of people are saying that he might have to go like JUCO route or mm-hmm. something because he can't have any more free transfers. So he might be playing for who knows who, not Georgia or some other big name player next year. But like you said, it's all just a, a whole mess. It's, it's a circus. It reminds us. Or me and Dale, you've talked about this, Scott. We talked about this. This is like Zach Evans all over again. Uh, it's yeah. just that, the, and, and this is, this is what we get with the transfer portal, like it or not, it's a whole other recruiting process. So Zach Evans, this happened before he was in high school and he went from, you know, how many different schools was he committed to, or did he quite, did he sign with over and over? And then he, you know, he ends up at Tennessee, uh, TCU. Or, I mean, sorry, t- TCU. Yeah. See, I get, get a bit confused. I'm pretty sure he was committed to Tennessee at one point. Right, um, exactly. But uh, the same thing now, the only difference is this kid's in college. He played a full season. So I, I, I almost hope that for the, the sake of the re- – I, I don't know. I think, Scott, we kind of talked about this a little bit off, off the podcast. Is he coming back to LSU? Could he come back to LSU? Do we want him in LSU? Right. I, I almost hope that I – think, I think we're fine either way. I think LSU is going to be okay. I think that we've got so much talent at receiver, it, just in general. And I, I know that um, supposedly when Pete's, uh, when Jake Pete's came in, he spoke, if you remember, probably about a month and a half ago, two months ago, right after Jake Pete's was hired, um, there was a, uh, there was a rumor that, oh, wait, he's going to, uh, you know, Gilbert's going to stay. He's going to take himself out of the transfer portal. He, he likes what he hears from Pete's. And they, and they said the crux of that was Pete's telling him, look, you're not going to be a tight end for me. You know, maybe you'll be, maybe you'll have tight end. Maybe you'll be a tight end on the roster, but you're going to be a receiver. You're going to be an offensive weapon. Don't worry about blocking all that. Mm. So I think if that's, if that was what we were going to use him as, well, Hey, like if we don't really need a true tight end, we got about 15 great receivers who can fill his spot. That being, and so I almost hope that for the sake of the game, kind of that he, that, that he does have to go to Juke because I just think it's out of hand. He shouldn't be allowed to do this. Like he shouldn't be allowed to transfer six times in one year and go from blue chip to blue chip and, and, it's, I think it's unfair to all the other kids, especially, and nobody likes to talk about this, but with the transfer portal, you, you know, it is, it, people say, oh, it's brought free agency to college football in a lot. Of, and in a lot of ways it has, but there still is that uh, the, the NCAA has to rubber stamp your move. Now, I, I'm not exactly sure the percentage, but it feels like every time a big name enters the transfer portal, it's automatically they're declared eligible, like automatically eligible. Yeah, you know, Tate Martell did it uh, twice. Twice, yeah. You know the uh, I'm trying to think of the other big name transfers who've who've done it and been Justin Fields. Justin, oh yeah, of course Justin Fields. Um, Jalen the, Hurts, Baker Mayfield. Jalen Hurts. Well, he, that was he, Baker was before the transfer portal, though. Yeah, but no, the uh, the the running back from Texas. I mean, from from Oklahoma, who went to Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon. So. Most of the time, at least all the news that you hear about, like the big time, you know, the big names, they get rubber stamped, automatically eligible. Good luck. Go to go do your thing. But I've I've read a lot of stories uh, kind of off the radar of guys who like try to transfer using the transfer portal and they get declared ineligible. Like their reason wasn't good enough or something like that. And so 
I think that it's like you just because you're a five star and you're you're the, you know maybe the face of a of a program doesn't mean that you should have a free ticket when everyone else would you know if you're if you're the third string uh, left tackle and you want to move to a different school you're going to be you're not going to get the eligibility. Yeah. Right. So- or I was going to say just what Eric Gilbert officially said on Twitter. I've decided to decommit from the university of Florida and re-enter the portal. I will not be announcing my final decision until I am enrolled into school and on campus. So that kind of lends credence to the the theory that he never even like was at Florida. Um, and he's not going to do anything until he's literally like locked in. Uh, but who knows when and where that could be. He didn't really give me a sort of timeline. No, it didn't. But I mean, it, uh, at least he put that out there because he knows how dumb this looks, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, yeah, I just I don't know who, like who would take him at this point because you know, fool me once, shame on shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. And I'm not going to believe your your stuff again. So, like, unless it was, uh, I don't know. That's why I feel like the only big program he could land back at LSU, but he'd probably have to go the JUCO route. And I, I know how you feel, Tommy. You you're like we don't need him um bye I say well yeah I get that I'm not saying I want him back and we need him I don't feel that way but um like he he I, I can see a lot of potential with him we don't need him but I feel like that's why they should take him back it's because he's not you know some integral part anymore you know it's not like he was a Joe Burrow that wanted to come back you know it's like oh god we need this guy we don't but i feel like that's the only reason they can take him back it's like he's not going to hurt us if it doesn't work out again you know mm-hmm. like there's nothing we're not pinning our hopes on eric gilbert playing tight end this fall so that's why i feel like if he you know wanted to come back i'm like all right yeah sure but my expectations would be way lower like i would like he, I, I don't know that i would tell him yeah i don't know if you'll start this year no we'll try and get you in some plays sure but you know we just we got to ease back into this so the I don't only, know. I don't know what I, program would offer him. Like, yeah, you'll start one day. Just, just come on. I agree. I agree with you. Like, I think that, yeah, if he's if he's willing to come back and just you know get some get some reps in, we'll see what happens. You play, you play. Maybe you don't. I just don't think that that the highest rated tight end in high school history ever is going to want to be a part of. I don't think he like he just doesn't have that track record and. I would not want, I feel like it, it's been well-documented both during the season on this podcast, after the season last year, we had a lot of issues in the locker room of uh, dissension among our team. We had people who didn't want to be there. People who didn't feel good about the, the program, didn't feel good about the coaching staff and all of that. And it showed on the field, especially towards the end and t- until some of the young guys stepped up and were real cohesive. So I wouldn't want to jeopardize that. I hope we're rebuilding that 2019 culture. I hope we're rebuilding the accountability that, that Joe Burrow and, and Grant Delpit and some of the other leaders on that team brought to the 2019 team. And I just, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, you know, personally, he's a lot different than it seems on the social media or the way he conducts himself in the, in this uh, transfer issue Maybe that's maybe that's but but from the outside looking in and just watching him during this whole process, it seems like he would not be the type of, of guy who would be a leader uh, and, and be falling in line and showing up at nine in the morning on a Saturday to take extra snaps and stuff. I agree. And I, I just I, I really don't expect him back. I'm just saying uh I I guess I'm indifferent, so I wouldn't say no. We don't want him back, but I can understand a lot of people. You know, if they just didn't like, he's he's going to be a toxic guy yeah. in the locker room. Just because, like, he's he. Well, yeah. I guess point being is, like you said, you know, this this past season, you know, a lot of younger guys stepped up mostly because they had to, mm-hmm. uh, but because they you know they they wanted to to prove themselves, and they did. Um, same with you know Eric Gilbert. I don't know if we should reserve we shouldn't give him just a free pass scholarship if there's someone out there that can bust their butt and wants to play more than he does you know like think about it this way and and i'm not even i'm not saying this would happen but eric gilbert got started before kashan butte did last year eric gilbert was a day one starter started Mm -hmm. with with it was you know it would have been gilbert uh mcmath terrace marshall and probably like Jare Jenkins, 
or uh, you know, one of them. Mm-hmm. What? How do you tell? And I'm not saying this would happen because I think that I don't think LSU's coaching staff would do this if Gilbert did come back. But how can you tell like Kayshawn Butte? Okay, hey, like you're gonna you're gonna mix you're gonna kind of be you're gonna kind of platoon at wide receiver, um, and then Gilbert's gonna start. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what. <laughs> now I'm gonna transfer. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, um, but I do, I also, I, I think my main thing would just be like, I would tell LSU, if I was making a decision, I'd be like, don't, don't even, don't waste your breath. If he comes back, great. We'll take him. We'll put him on there. He'll be on the depth chart and he'll get the sh- same chance as everybody else. I think as a coach, I would be looking at Cole Taylor a little bit, you know, higher. I would say, this is a guy who seems like he wants to be there. He, he was real good in the Florida game and, and, you know, he was fortunate enough to have his shoe thrown. Kind of gave us the game there. I, I'd want him. I'd want those shoes on the field. Yeah, you guys got lucky shoes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's just like a it's just a a soap opera at this point. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I, I think you guys are right. It's probably JUCO. Uh, again, I don't know what division. Well, I'd say that now, but uh, anyway, I almost sure he'll end up. At, Auburn would definitely take him. <laughs> well, I think I almost think that he's gonna. I think he's probably going to get out, get away with this. To be honest, I think he'll probably make it to Georgia. I know that. I, I don't know. It, it depends on and the NCAA is different every day. Sometimes they want to enforce super hard, and sometimes they don't. But I just have a feeling that that he's going to be able to do. He'll he, maybe he can play the home card. Hey, it's closer. Maybe he can play the mental health card, and then maybe he can play the COVID card. And all three of those cards will get him. Will, will get him eligibility. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Eric Gilbert on Saturday's player in the SEC. Yeah, I think if he ends up at Georgia, people are just – and he finishes out his career, people will probably forget about it anyway. Uh, but probably not many other places other than Georgia. But um, anywho, I think we've expelled enough energy on on Eric Gilbert. Oh, Eric Gilbert, yeah. Um, but I would like to spend uh, – well, I don't want to spend much energy on – uh, LSU basketball because I don't know. It just depending on the game, it seems like they don't either. You know, <laughs> it's like they, we were talking about. Oh, they had that one good week and they looked really strong. Could they be uh, building some momentum up before the you know the postseason? And the answer is no. Like they <laughs> they got blown out. At, Spoiler alert! Man. Yeah, they got they got blown out on the road at Georgia when we were recording last. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they lost on the road to Arkansas, which you know it wasn't it wasn't that bad, honestly. Uh, it could have been a lot worse, you know, um, considering they beat Arkansas earlier in the year. So it's, it, I don't know. It was, it wasn't, but it just doesn't seem like these guys are, I don't know. It's just, it's, I would say hit or miss, but it just seems like it's mostly miss. Like I, I don't know. I'm sure they'll make the postseason, and the people are saying, oh, are they going to be eight or nine seed? What do you do? I, I don't really care. I, whatever they're going to be seated as, I, who knows if that's how they're going to play. You know, they could be a 16 seed, and play their guts out to an eight elite eight, but or they could be a seven seed and lose on the first day by mm-hmm. fifteen points to Davidson, yeah, or or somebody we've never heard of. So at this point, I I don't know. I and I, I don't know that I care. I'll follow them. I'll support them. But um, I just don't expect anything. I, it's really surprising too, though. It's because like Will Wade has in ways turned the program around. He's got like these you know hot recruits that come in. He's built a good like just looking at the players individually it's like yeah. these guys should be doing great and you see it some days it's like you see them in some games and you think wow these guys are good mm-hmm. and you see them other days and it's like wow this is back in the johnny jones days where there's they're just there's just players in an ellis uniform just going up and down the court but there's just no heart there you know mm-hmm. they don't look like they know how to win a game sometimes yeah. they look like we know how to win a game whether or not they do like against texas tech you know they just they couldn't yeah. pull it out but they had that game They've had other games, but I don't know. There's just something – there's still something missing there. I don't know if Will Wade is ever going to put his finger on it, but – Yeah, it's just know. so so inconsistent. Like, Because, yeah. like you said, we have top-round talent. We've had, like, top 10 recruiting classes the past three or four years, and that looks to continue in the next couple. But Will Wade just can't get them the, the scheme to consistently win against mid to good quality opponents – like you said, we beat number 16, Tennessee, and we beat in Alabama – or no, we lost Alabama – excuse me, Arkansas earlier in the season. But then you have like Georgia, who's not the, the 
seller dwellers the SEC, but not very good. And then they hang 91 points on you. Like, what are you doing? Um, Cam Thomas is scoring a lot, but he can't carry the team. And like we've said a few times on this podcast, sometimes the offense just flows through him where they pitch it to him. He chucks it up, it clanks off the rim, and then they're just in transition D back, and then two passes down the court, and they just lay it up. Mm-hmm. And then they can run like six or eight points up on you so fast. That's kind of how it was against Arkansas. I think we were up by like two or three and a half. And then we just went ice cold and Arkansas scored over and over and over. And our, our shooters just couldn't do anything. And then once the game's away from you by 10 or 12 points and there's no reel in it back in, it also kind of has to do with what Tommy had talked about Darius days being like the kind of the X factor because against Georgia, he scored four points and against Arkansas, he's Arkansas, he scored zero points. So like whenever he scores 10 or more, I think we're like 13 and one or something like that. I've said that stat before. Um, and then when he has a quiet day, LSU overall stinks. So we need to get him going. We got Vanderbilt tonight, Tuesday, and they're the, the worst team in the SEC. So maybe we can use that to build some momentum and then Missouri later on in the week, but it's tough to get super excited about postseason tiger basketball right now, unfortunately. I know exactly how you feel. Uh, but like you said, maybe this game can be a confidence builder. Uh, I would say booster, but we need to build some first. Um, what do you say, Tom? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I agree, Daniel. And I, I think that it's, uh, it's unfortunate because Scott, you were, you were talking about how much talent we have you last year, uh, last night. I don't know why I was just looking at, uh, me and Daniel were watching some, we were watching Carolina play and I was like, Oh man, like it's crazy how, how fall, how much, uh, you know, Carolina and Duke have fallen off and Kentucky too. And I was like, you know, man, I want to look at who, who's, how are they recruiting? I wanted to see, okay, like how's Carolina recruiting this year with, with having such like an off year. So I, I was looking at their class and then I went back and looked, okay, well, like what was their class last year? So the top four classes, Kentucky. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Carolina two. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Duke three, typical LSU four. We had the f- number four class in the NCAA. Like that's not supposed to happen. If that w- I thought I had to check to make sure I was looking at basketball, not football, right. but like we're, we're not supposed to have the number four class in basketball. And, but, but, it, but we do, but if we have the number four class of basketball, we're not supposed to be this. Right. So it's right. really, I don't know. I, I don't know what the solution is. I do quite, I, I wonder like, is, is Will Wade's seat? Is it heating up a little bit? I hope not. I like him as a coach. I think he's good for LSU. Um, but I, this, like, this is a huge departure from the last full season we played where we were best in the sec had a great ter- tournament showing. It looked like that was, it looked like we were on the ascension. I hope that was not the pinnacle of Will Waits, uh, you know, term at LSU. Yeah. Cause like that season, there weren't necessarily like national championship hopes or anything, but like there was optimism and hype. Like I think we were a four seed maybe in that tournament. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and we made the sweet 16, we proved that we can like compete against the best in the country. And now it's like, yeah, we're probably going to make the tournament, but I wouldn't like be surprised cares. at all if we lose in the first round and then that's going to be a wrap. And yeah. then it's just on to the next and you're just like, well, that season was kind of a wash. And, and it's sad because it's like, I, I think we're all in agreement. Like Cam, uh, Cam Thomas is gone, right? Most likely. He's yeah. straight up NBA. I think people are projecting him kind of like mid first round pick. Yeah. So like, you know, you got this guy who's a great scorer, but because of the nature of the sport and, and just the way it, it, I, I actually, I will say this. I do not in the uh, like basketball program, people, basketball coaches, because it's bizarre, like the way you have to recruit talent, because there's almost no point in recruiting. I mean, there is a point recruiting a guy like Tam, Cam Thomas. He scores a lot of points. He's great. He's a great player. But what happens when you have the best player in the country? I mean, we saw this with Ben Simmons. Now I don't know. He wasn't very good at LSU, but but supposedly we had the best player in the whole class come to LSU, and he was he was pretty good for LSU. He's fine, and Cam Thomas is great for LSU. But if you don't have anybody around him, he plays for one year, you know, does his thing, and then leaves, and now you don't have anything. So I, I don't envy Will Wade's position in that, but I do think that that we got to be doing we, we got to build on something we i want i want LSU basketball to, to be back to where it was two years ago 
Yeah, but I mean, it'd be one thing if uh, you know if we had John Calipari at LSU because it'd be different. It's like, is he? I feel like he knows how to recruit and play with these these one these one year players. Yeah, he. he I think for the most part, he expects them to leave. Like, and I get it. It's like the guys that he can get to come there are going to leave after one year. I think that's if you, I feel like it's better if you're recruiting five or six or seven all one and done caliber guys who legitimately can spend one year and go to the NBA and be first, second round players and, and all that, then it works because then like the guys you got coming up behind them are also one and dones. But when you have like one, one and done, who's like your best player, but then the rest of your team is kind of middling. It's kind of tough. Yeah. And I, I just, it's, it's really, I don't know. I don't know how to quantify it, I guess is the word, you know, as far as like what the expectations are having seen Will Wade's first few years compared to now, because, you know, before you were making, oh, he just got here. He, you know, he needs time to recruit his players and get that here and get that pipeline going. It's like, well, he's had that. I think he's got the players he wanted. He got, um, then there's a cloud over his head, I think from, you know, strong offers he gave and all that stuff. But uh, for the most part, he's, it's not holding him back from anything at this point. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, he's, he's got his players. So now what? Um, I I don't know. I don't know why it felt like it was working better over at VCU. Uh, maybe it was because he could have his players in that world and that division conference or whatever, and he could do more with less. But I, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's finding it hard to do in, in the SEC. I'm, I'm not sure. Because I will say I, I I feel like this is probably year three for Will Wade. Like I I don't count last year at all. No. So, yeah, I, I mean, he made it all the way. I mean, they made it to the postseason. They just didn't play a postseason. Although, if you remember, like in the fall when when all these players were saying they're staying, like at LSU, we were like excited about this oh, basketball yeah. season because we thought that this was going to be the big time. We thought Watford was gone. We, we thought Javante. Was yeah, gone. because we pretty much have the whole team that we did last year, minus Skyler. Yeah, minus Skyler Mays, and like, yeah, Skyler Mays is a great player. He got drafted second round, but like, we're like we can go to even new heights, and then it's just been a regression it really since has. then and you're like well what's happened here like was scholar maze that important or have we just lost our mojo generally but we thought that it was going to be a lot better and the team should have meshed but instead it's almost less than the sum of its parts i really do think though i think that i think that you see i think that some of the trouble we have is we have no true point guard and we have two slasher scorer want the ball type guys javante smart is not a point guard like he might have point guard on his, on, it might be a point guard on the roster sheet, but he wants to score. And think about, think about when Javante, when we all figured out who Javante Smart was. I remember we were, it was the Kentucky game, uh, the year we went to the playoff or to the tournament and like one big. And uh, we, and, and he, he scored like a last minute, remember like a last minute buzzer beater type thing to win the game. Mm hmm. Well, like Tremont Waters was was the guy taking the ball down the court and distributing. And we haven't been good since like last year. I feel like Skyler was a lot more of an unselfish guard. Now, I don't really he wasn't really a point guard either, but I feel but Skyler was that leader. I feel like he was the more of a facilitator and Javante's got to be that scorer. Now, when you have Cam Thomas on the on the court alongside Javante, you're kind and and I think that. Uh, Cam Thomas is clearly like the he's the more electric player. It's hard to ask Javante, who's also an electric player in his own right, to be the be the the number two and to be the facilitator. But that's what you need. I feel like we we have we haven't been successful since we had Tremont Waters, the true point guard. Yeah, and also I think we've lacked a little bit a true like bruiser in the post as well because like Trina Watford. Like he can be effective, but he's not going to just absolutely like bully people down in the paint. And I think that's what we needed because like two years ago we had Nas Reed and he was willing to do that work to some extent. Tommy like hates on Nas Reed for some I, random extent. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I feel like both of them are overrated to be honest. I don't think I don't think 
Well, still, but like Trenton Watford was a five-star prospect and we thought that he was going to be like the, the power forward that we needed. Yeah. But a lot of times he'll like split out to the top of the key. He wants to shoot. Yeah. And then like Darius Days will do the same thing. Like he'll take corner threes and then you're left with like kind of nobody down. We've had a rotating cast between like Josh LeBlanc and I don't even know who else. Like Sharif O'Neal for a little bit, but now he's hurt for the rest of the but season. I, I do think though we could win. If we wanted to play small and play shooting ball and, and, and move the ball around, we could do that. Like that'd be fine. We don't, we, I agree. Like having a great, having a great post player is a big, is a big bonus, but there are a lot of teams that, that do it without, you know what I mean? Like there, there are a lot of shooting teams there are a lot of uh, move the ball passing teams that don't necessarily back you down and, and have that post presence. If you look at our rebounding, like we've got, we, we seem to rebound the ball pretty well, especially on offensive rebound, which is surprising. Cause that's all about like hustle. I would say, that I, I would say I agree with you, Daniel. If we're going to play the way we play right now, then I think we need a good post player. But if we want to do what, what we, what it seems like we want to do, we want to get the ball to a lot of different people and, and have a bunch of shooters and a lot of offensive weapons who can drive, who can dribble, who can, uh, you know, pull up and take mid range jumpers, threes, all of that. Then we need to have a stellar point guard and we don't. Yeah. And I, I bet if you asked Will Wade off the record, you know, in an alley somewhere, he'd probably tell you, yeah, that's what's missing. I mean, he's not going to say that now. Yeah. You're not going to tell, you're not going to say, Hey, Jav- hey Javante, you're, you're not that good. You don't really fit what we need. Or, yeah, or hey. just, just, or just to talk to the press. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't feel like I have a really good point guard right now. Like he's not going to. Yeah. Not, <laughs> and I guess he shouldn't really, but I, I imagine if, if you had him alone off the record, he, he could probably reveal something or he could just tell you what he really thinks is missing because uh, none of us can really I, I don't know it's just it's just hard to say it's it's uh it's baffling but I, I do I do think that um depending how this season finishes yeah Will Wade's seat may get hot but I, I don't know it's like he's again it's like he hasn't uh he hasn't made the final four which is pretty much our only other barometer for success because I don't think they've ever won it but you know they've made the final four with Dale Brown they made the final four with John Brady um so like that's all we've had and that, that the last time that happened was what 2006 mm-hmm. so for him making the sweet 16 that's you know it's pretty good uh but you know they didn't they didn't last year and if they don't this year then it's like all right well you know what are we doing what are we paying was that our best showing when we made the sweet 16 was that our best showing since the final four i'm pretty sure yeah yeah i think so too i thought they made the sweet 16 once with Johnny Jones. It wasn't with Ben Simmons, obviously, but I thought they made the Sweet 16 once before, but uh, I could be wrong. Okay. But e- either way, it's like, all right, that's cool. You got us the Sweet 16, but I mean, like, you've had two top five or top 10 uh, recruiting classes in a row. So uh, is that all we get? Sweet 16? I mean, I don't know. Um, but you said they, uh, they have a game right now. So I hope, well, I mean, it's Vanderbilt. So they, how about this? They better. <laughs> they better win. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, if they lose this game, we'll just stop the basketball coverage. <laughs> we'll move on to next year. Yep. yep. We're going to, we're just going to mention it in passing. Um, so that's, I guess that's pretty much it for basketball, but uh, uh, LSU baseball uh, definitely had a really good week going four and Uh And it seems like their offense is just opening up. They had what, like 14 homers and four or five games, like setting a, a new record, not since, I don't know, they haven't done that in like 20 years. Um, but it's like a really, really high pace. Granted it is against, you know, some in-state teams, uh, you know, not necessarily the, uh, the cream of the crop in NCAA baseball as far as like the top 25 or whatever. But nonetheless, um, you know, at least we're not like just getting by in these games. That's, that's what you'd want to see. And I think Paul Maneri's, I mean, he's, once he was up kind of big, you know, he, he sat a bunch of guys, you know, he played a bunch of the guys on the bench too, which is also good. Gets him some experience, but I think he's managing the pitchers really well because Jaden Hill had a good outing. He got pulled early. He said, you know, I could have kept going, but you know, I guess there's no need. Uh, Landon Marceau, same thing. Like he had a a really good game and, you know, but they, they don't need him to finish. We don't need that. I think that's kind of what hurt them in the past is maybe they, they did start these guys off and, wanted to see how far they could go early on and, you know, towards midway or to the end of the season, you know, something happened, injury, fatigue, whatever the case. So I like that they're managing the pitchers well, at least this 
early on because uh, you don't need Jaden Hill to pitch seven or eight innings uh, against, say, Youngstown State. Youngstown, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, um, Youngstown was a pretty scrappy team. Yeah, they were. The you know, like, it, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they were fighting to come back in the top of the ninth, like so much so that they, you know, they had to burn a reliever. He only came on and threw two pitches, but still, it's like they were threatening in the top of the ninth. So they weren't going to go quietly. Uh, and then LSU won that second game against Youngstown on a walk-off homer. Like, hey, Doty, how about that? Yeah. Uh, bringing some incitement back to the box early this year. I love it. Um, you know what was funny had- about that? You know what was funny about that walk-off? So I'm watching the game, and of course, you know, I'm kind of like, kind of a little bit annoyed because I'm like, we should be going nine. We should be going to the bottom of the ninth with Youngstown State. But uh, Dylan Cruz gets on base. I think he, he walked. Is that right? I think he walked, and then he stole second or, or moved to second on pass ball or something like that. Ended up on third base. And so I'm excited. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we got a runner up. We got, you know, a guy on third. Like, this should be fine. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. So I run to the bathroom, come back around, and I and all I see on the TV screen is the ball, like, like going over the fence. And then they say, wow, what a finish in Baton Rouge. And then it cuts. And I just see the oh, SEC really? logo on my TV. And I was like, wait, what? what? And I tried to rewind it. And I'm like, okay, come on, like, show it to me. I want to see it. I want to see the walk-off. And it wouldn't let me watch it. <laughs> so it was like, it just cut out. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I, I got to watch the ULL game, and that was fun in Lafayette. I'm sure the fans there were excited to see them. We kind of walloped them up. ULL couldn't get anything going on. Uh, but it didn't get the, the Youngstown State or the Nichols games. I was out of town. And we just poured it on Nichols. I think you said uh, – four home runs in that one game or something like that and so yeah both aspects pitching and hitting the team is doing well so far the we seem to have the rotation pretty solid or at least doing okay through two weekends and then it'll be keeping on working that as we go we got they actually play a double header tomorrow they they push the game from today to to wednesday the third against Nichols and southern so that'll be interesting to see how they they manage that back to back and then a three-game series against Oral Roberts on the weekend. I don't really know anything about them. Their mascot looks to be a bird of some sort. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of a cool logo. I kind of like that. O R U with a golden bird. O R U. Exactly. <laughs> the golden. Uh, I'm, the golden I'm sure it's eagles. not a penguin, right? We're not going to play penguins back-to-back weekends. I know that's not. The no, they're the golden eagles. It just looks. Oh, like they're kind of, kind of robbing uh, SMU. Yeah. Or where are they from? They're. Bad. They're in like the, the northeast, or Where? yeah, they're from like Pennsylvania or something, right? Really? I don't know. I'm taking a complete guess. I, I just feel like they're from the northeast somehow. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. I was way off. Wow. <laughs> way I mean, off. I've been to Tulsa for a while, and I had no idea Oral Roberts was there. <laughs> it's probably like a small school. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they look good early on. You know, the, the revamped offense is definitely, you can see that already. Um, I haven't watched too much to know whether it was just, you know, these guys are just, I, I think what, what they did and they, I, I saw something is they were just taught by the hitting coach to just, uh, not, not, I'm not going to say be aggressive, but it's just, um, just to not be scared at the plate and, mm-hmm just it's just the way they're attacking these these pitches i think that's that's a difference for them that they have confidence basically yeah this is baseball can be so situation with uh you know based on what's going on so i don't know i think at least their their offense is on track they finally got someone that can help them just relax and hit the pitches that they need to um, and i feel like maneri has kind of he's been known for hat for wanting that small ball situational mentality yeah. Yeah. so you know, you can already see a little, maybe a little bit of a change in that. Of course, I mean, now what was funny was I was watching uh, Dylan Cruz gets, he gets a lot of two Oh three Oh counts. And as I can see, there's no, there's no take on him. Like he, he's not getting the take sign. Okay. Hey, let's try to, let's try to squeeze out a walk here. He's, he's all gas, no breaks pretty much anytime <laughs> he steps up to the plate. But what is also, I think equally encouraging with him is just his, his discipline. He he's not he's not going to swing at anything. He knows you know obviously he knows he's the best player probably in college baseball and he could he could he's liable to take it out of the park 
anytime he steps at the plate, but he's perfectly fine with taking a walk. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's something that's very encouraging. And, and I was talking to somebody uh, today actually about it. I was like, the craziest thing, the hilarious thing is we get him for two more years. Like, like how, how are we, how are we getting the, the, the good end of that deal? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Glad we did though. I know. Yeah, like, could... it, somebody, I'm, I'm just glad somebody didn't tell him like, Hey man, you should be in pro ball right now. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, she's, he's had that conversation. I mean, he, he knows he could be, but oh yeah, yeah. he's probably holding out for something else. Who knows what his, you know, he and his parents discussed, but well, from what I know, heard... someone, I just feel like someone has sat him down and talked to him and said, look, uh, you're a big hitter. They're going to recognize that. And they're just going to try and pitch around you. Uh, you're just going to have to deal with that. So I'm not saying you just take all these pitches, but just wait for your pitch. Cause they can't throw four straight balls, you know, yeah. just, just wait for your pitch. I mean, and when he gets the three Oh count, that's, that's a hitter's count. You know, he's, he's got a great chance of getting something he likes, but from what I've heard, he's, he's an LSU guy. True and true. Like the, the decision to come here was not, he was it was made for the right reasons like he wanted to come to LSU and be a student athlete and really get that experience which is really cool and I think he'll probably benefit from it I know that um I heard Mark Teixeira the great first baseman from the Yankees talk about his decision to play college instead of going to the pro out of high school he went to Georgia Tech and Mm -hmm. you know he was like I the the quality of life in college baseball is just so much better I could go to Georgia Tech and, and have a great time and you know, play for a great school, get an education, all that, and then go pro. Or I could go pro and ride a bus from, you know, <laughs> Podunk Town to Podunk Town and live in a live in a cheap motel and, you know, do whatever. So Yeah, I, waiting I, I, for a call. Waiting yeah. for a call to come up. You know. Exactly. I mean, because yeah, they can't be all they can't all be Chipper Jones or uh Bryce Harpers or whatever. Yeah. So I I think that's very smart. You know, he's sounds like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, Daniel, do you have anything to, to add on that baseball wise? I mean, uh, baseball, no, just excited to hopefully continue the, the hot streak. We got two more weeks, pretty much of non-conference kind of small ball games. And then we get into the, the grueling sec three game series, a weekend schedule and hope the tigers have the, the gas to keep that going throughout the rest of the spring. So it should be exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they're, they're definitely going to need it, especially towards the end of the season, because I think right now um, I saw something where the top four teams were, uh, were all SEC. Yeah, SEC is dominating baseball right now. I mean, just, I mean, as they have for the past however many years, but like even more so, I feel, these days. Yeah, no, it's like number one, Arkansas, two, Vanderbilt, three, Mississippi State, four, Ole Miss, five, Louisville, then back to six with Florida, and uh, then LSU is sitting at uh, 11 right now. They Well, they, they didn't really move after last week. but um, And then you look at these teams and their records, and they're good. And then everyone else that's ranked got like three losses already, <laughs> you know? Um, then you got Texas at three and at four, still sitting at number 19. Uh, so it's, it's a strong conference, you know? It's like I'm so glad they have all these interstate and interleague play games before they get to the meat of the SEC schedule because – I don't know, for whatever reason, it just seems like this week or this year, um, the SEC is just top to bottom, uh, really strong conference-wise because, what is it, one, two, three of these teams in the top four are all in our division. So it's like you got to play all of these guys. Like who else in the country has to do that? Not UC Santa Barbara, I'll tell you that. Um, but – I don't know. That's, that's why, uh, maybe that's why Dylan Cruz is here, man. It's like to play at LSU. That's like the, that's like like minors. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it's like the Yankees of of college baseball, you know, it's just like the storied program. It's like their, their stadium is second to none. So, uh, but I mean, they're not, they're not seven and oh, number one Arkansas right now. So, but Hey, uh, I'd say it's better that way. It gives them, gives them somewhere to go up. It's uh, a, I mean, it's crazy to say like the, the SEC West in baseball may may be actually tougher this year than the SEC West in football. Yeah, the SEC West in baseball could be its own conference. Yeah, we should we should we should just do like Notre Dame and form our own baseball conference <laughs> with all of us, even Auburn. We'll take Auburn. We don't care. We need someone to beat up on anyway. 
Uh, but yeah, man, I'm kind of excited. I, I think they're a lot more consistent than, you know, uh, what, what they have going on in the LSU basketball program. But anyway, um, I think that was all we had for baseball. Uh, really good out of them. And uh, how about now? Daniel, now is it time for some uh, some lanyap? Did you have yeah, something? I guess so. So this hasn't really developed as, as much as I'd like to to give all the information. But yeah, so last week, LSU football sent out an email to season ticket holders saying that they would be holding Zoom meetings with Jake Peets and DJ Mangus, uh, one each on this past Friday. And so I was invited as a season ticket holder to attend. They sent me the uh, RSVP. They sent me the Zoom link. And then I logged on Friday morning. And I couldn't tell how many people were in the call. All it was was Jake Peets in his office and then Cody Warsham, who hosts the Hey Fighting podcast, official one of LSU. Uh, I'd prefer if Daniel Zollinger of Talking Tigs was hosting, was hosting it. it yeah. yeah, instead. We need to work on the, the unofficial podcast. <laughs> but, the unofficial <laughs> official podcast. Right. But yeah, he was just asking Jake Pete's questions. And then so we could type our, as fans, type our questions into the chat. And Cody would ask them to Jake directly. Or he let some of the fans like unmute and ask. So that was cool. I typed a, a question in the chat. Unfortunately, he did not, uh, did not read mine off. So I was a little bit bummed about that. But Peace it was... You didn't get your Pete's question. Well, that's what I'm getting yeah. to. So I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, Tommy derailed me. But, yeah, so it was about 30 Tommy. minutes long, and he was talking about just what he was excited for. There was this lady from Nebraska that was bringing up pizzas like a Nebraska pass. He was talking about watching LSU in the College World Series in Omaha, like seeing the Warren Morris uh, walk-off home run against Miami. So that was kind of cool. And so that wrapped up and then they went straight to the interview with DJ Mangus after that. And I think there, if I had to guess, there was only like 20 or so fans in the thing because Cody kind of commented on that. But so I typed my, my question in right away. And then about five minutes into the, the interview, Cody said, all right, we're going to go to Daniel here. Daniel's got a question. You can go ahead and unmute and talk to DJ. And it like kind of caught me by surprise. And then, so I like uh, clicked my, my thing. I was like, Oh, Hey DJ, welcome back to LSU. Um, yeah, so which uh, wide re- young wide receiver do you think is going to have a breakout year this year, kind of like Kayshawn Butte did this past year? And so he's like, great question. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm super excited about all of our young guys. I think that every like for a true freshman is going to compete for playing time, and you'll see more. I think Kayshawn Butte is going to have an even bigger year this year. He said, like, if you thought that was a breakout year last year, get ready for this one. So he might be WR1. Oh, wow. That's kind of uh, crazy. Thing. Wearing number one. And then he said he especially was hyped on uh, Jack Besh. He said he had a great build and looked to, to fit in our scheme. And that kind of fits with what we've talked about with uh, Stuart on a recent podcast and some other ones about how his star is kind of brightening as yeah. we speak. So look for him. And so hopefully I'll have that clip of me uh, talking to DJ soon posted on the podcast socials. So look out for that. But it was very cool to get to talk to him. And hopefully our relationship with LSU football coaches continues yeah. to grow. <laughs> Did you get his number after? Yeah, we uh, we stayed. It was just one on one private Zoom call afterwards. <laughs> uh, well, you said you're like, hey DJ, you need to work in a little bit. I was like, I got sets. I got a couple plays that might work. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Madden. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure they'd all coaches love to hear that that you played Madden and you have some ideas on how he should run his offense. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, but I, I mean, he. I mean, you asked an interesting question, but I think, uh, you know, I was, I was like, he, cause he said he was excited about, uh, Jack Besh. So I'm just wondering like, you know, like, has he really seen him? Cause I know some guys, you know, early enrolled, but they're, they haven't really done anything yet. Like they're not really practicing, right. They're just doing strength and conditioning stuff. Right. Cause they don't start practicing until I think another couple of weeks, uh, something like that. So I was just wondering like how much he's, actually been able to to work with them if any but i wonder if i wonder if i don't know the the like ncaa rules on this um i heard coach o in an interview say that they're that a lot their players are doing like the voluntary like saturday morning going out and throwing balls and and working out um working on routes and stuff so I, i don't know if coaches can be there or not i feel like they probably could be i don't know but um maybe he's just been seeing that maybe he's seen a lot of good things with with bash you know yeah yeah catching balls or something yeah i mean he just could just be looking at his 
last year of high school highlight film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I was just curious if he's like had a chance to to do anything with him to meet them, if anything, uh, other than Zoom. But I guess something to keep an eye on. But yeah, they're gonna be starting uh, spring practice here pretty soon. So uh, I guess we'll have the answer to that question. Um, but I mean, that's awesome. Uh, did you uh, like? Well, I don't know. Was did you have another burning question that like that you would have wanted to ask him? Maybe I can answer for him. <laughs> uh, not too much. Uh, one thing that uh, Pete touched on a lot was his relationship with Joe Brady while he was at Carolina. And my question for him that I was going to ask him was how he was going to try and get the the running game like back on track yeah. without like a true number one running back last year with the split between Ty Davis Price, John Emery, and Chris Curry newly departed uh but unfortunately didn't get to ask that so he didn't really address it but he said that he was not a disciple of joe brady but talks to him he said he talks to him like at least once or twice a week every week bouncing thoughts off each other and then they're more than just like coaching like co-workers like they're actually friends so i think that's good and so he's bringing those schemes back and, and looks to constantly evolve and develop those schemes into even more stuff for LSU. So a lot to look out for there and hopefully return back to the explosive offense of 2019. I'm telling you, if, if, if I was Jake Peets, like the first thing I would have to do just to, just to basically like calm the waters and tell everybody, look like we're, we're back, we're back. Don't worry about it. It's like, I'd have to line up five wide, no, you know, no tight end uh, and, and throw some sort of like screen pass or something because um, I, that's, that's what everybody's talking about. Our podcast, other podcasts, TV, radio, doesn't matter who you ask, random people in Baton Rouge. The only thing they want to see is the spread back and Coach O hammers it. I'm sure that like Pete's is being told, Hey, just, just always mention that, you know, Joe Brady and, and uh-huh. that you, you're going to bring it back because like, that's all anybody wants to see. And rightfully said, right. So that's when we said, uh, he's like, Oh, he's not a disciple of Joe Brady. I was thinking, wait, isn't that why we hired him? <laughs> <laughs> that's why we got him specifically. Cause we could have got a assistant from any NFL team, but said Joe Brady coaching tree that I thought that they were going after. Uh, and yeah, I'm sure his first 15 scripted plays are going to be home run plays at UCLA mm-hmm. uh, just to prove to Tiger faithful that the LSU offense is back. Uh, we'll see though. That's, that's cool that you got to check that out. Um, if you can, hopefully you get some more uh, coming up. You'll let us know, right? Yeah, that was neat. I was kind of surprised they gave that, but I guess they got to appease the season ticket holders in some way after the kind of the drama of the tickets last year, they're trying to keep some, some goodwill. So maybe some, some tidbits like that will continue. Yeah, some tidbits. <laughs> well said, well said. Uh, all right, well, is that, uh, I don't know, is that about do it for us? Do you guys have anything else? No? All right. Well, yeah, I think we could probably head out on that on a good note. Well, if that's all you guys got, that's all I got. So I guess we could uh, we could end it here and uh, and pick it up next week on Talking Tigs where we'll have some more baseball, basketball, and maybe some football news for you too. You never know. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.